Welcome to the Grace Long Beach Podcast, a series of sermons from our weekly Sunday gathering. For more information on our church community, values, and service times, please visit www.gracelb.org. Thanks for listening. This morning, we're going to be focusing on God's anointing of the church with this Holy Spirit. Oh, by the way, I'm Pat Ferguson. I'm one of the pastors here at Grace. Don't want to get too out in front of myself. Um, This morning, me, Jake, and Daniel are going to be talking to you about um, how the Spirit unifies us, how it empowers us to proclaim the gospel, and how it enables our fellowship. So how does God's Spirit unify us? And what are we being unified to? And I think these are important questions to ask. Because we can get unified around some pretty crazy things. I mean, just think of uh, sports culture and fandom. Like how crazy people get for their team, you know? Go Lakers. (laughs) Go Angels. I'm going to jump in. Uh, What about movie culture? You know, we got Star Wars, Star Trek, Harry Potter, Simpsons. I have a, a Homer Simpson donut tattooed on my arm. And all of my animals at home are named after Simpson characters. I have, like, Patty, Selma, Lenny, Maggie, and I'm looking for an ugly dog to name Mo. There's a group of men who have unified around their love for My Little Ponies. Let me introduce you to the brony. Isn't he precious? Bless his heart. Um... People are unified around this kind of, people unifying around this kind of stuff makes sense. You know, it's all uh, stuff that they're into. Um, You know, from a worldly perspective, I get that. Um, But the Holy Spirit is unifying us to the gospel. And at the core of the gospel message is this restoration of relationship. You know, we are being restored to God. We are being restored to one another, and we are even being restored to creation itself. You know, God breathes out the Holy Spirit onto the church, and it gives us the ability to live out of this wonderful message of good news. Pentecost 2 says, When Pentecost Day had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound From heaven, like a howling of a fierce wind, filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under the heaven living in Jerusalem. And when they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native tongues. What I love about this portion of scripture is that God didn't just speak in one language that everybody could miraculously hear. But God empowered the believers to speak perfectly in every language. You know, I lived in Germany for three years. I served in the armed forces And um, one of the most welcoming things about living in Germany for this dumb American that speaks one language was that Germans would go out of their way to speak to me in English. 
You know, and this was such a beautiful and affirming thing. You know, it expressed a value for me and my culture, and it made me feel welcome. It made me feel like I belonged. You know, I think this portion of Scripture points to how distinct the unity that the Holy Spirit offers us is. You know, because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we can enjoy unity without uniformity. Unity without uniformity. Unity in difference. See, normally our differences is where we find division. But the Spirit creates a space for community with all of our differences. And it's not just that we tolerate difference within the church, but our differences actually make this community more robust, more life-giving. You know, we get a fuller picture of what our humanity can look like and the differences of one another. Now, praise God. And this is a relevant message for our country now. You know, we can turn on the news and we can see racial division all across our nation. But the racial division in America should not reflect it in here, in the church. And it, I have hope. I have hope because of the Spirit. Martin Luther King says this. He says, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that the daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe in the unarmed truth and the unconditional love will have the final word. I believe that too. I wonder, I wonder how our community right now in this season can embrace the Holy Spirit and the unity that the Holy Spirit offers us. Before I say anything else, I just want to say glory be to God. He has done a wondrous thing. And thank you for everyone who signed or spoke. Um, what a testimony to how good our God is. Uh, Pat spoke about the unity that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about how the Holy Spirit empowers proclamation. Um, so where Pat left off, everyone's speaking in different languages. Here's kind of an abbreviated, uh, the, the response, a little bit abbreviated. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered. Because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others, mocking, said, They're filled with new wine. So what we see is that there is confusion. Right? The Holy Spirit descends, and then there is confusion. People are either astonished at what they're hearing, or they're apathetic. Um, they're either amazed that people are speaking in tongues they can understand, or they're dismissive that this, is, this isn't anything special. They're just drunk. And it's into this confusion that Peter stands up and proclaims the gospel. I'm just going to read this over you. It's so great. Men of Israel, 
Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, losing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. And if we were to keep reading, we would see that almost 3,000 people repent of their sins and submit to Jesus as Lord and are baptized in his name. That is a miracle. If I had one person turn to Christ, I would say that's a miracle. But to have almost 3,000 people turn to the Lord is insane. And so the question is, why? Why why does that happen? Why is that possible? And if we, we start with mass confusion, we end with mass conversion, confusion to Christ, the link between those two things is the proclamation of the gospel fueled by the Holy Spirit empowered by him. It is the gospel from the Holy Spirit that enables us, enables Christians to lead others out of confusion and into the church. And like Pat talked about, this does not make sense. I mean, aside from the fact that it's a little weird because we sing songs, close our eyes and pray in unison to someone who's not here, um, you know, eat bread and wine every other week. It also doesn't make sense because we have a country that is marked by racial tension, by violence, um, you know, anger, hate, and that shouldn't be the case here. And the question is why? Because that is confusing. And the answer is it's the gospel. The gospel is the only thing that makes sense of this. And so that was true on Pentecost. That is still true today. And so I wonder if there are people in your lives who are confused. Maybe there's someone who you have forgiven time and time again, and they're just saying, I don't get it. Why do you keep forgiving me? I have not treated you well. Proclaim the gospel. Have a conversation. Maybe there's someone, uh, a coworker, who has seen wow, you are really generous with your money and with your time. And I don't get it. I don't have the capacity for that. Why do you proclaim the gospel? Maybe there's someone you know, a friend who's outside the church looking in and saying, why are you in unity when there's so much hate in the world? Proclaim the gospel. Have a conversation. It doesn't have to be public speaking It's just sitting down with someone and saying, here's the greatest truth you will ever hear. Proclaim the gospel. Because that is the thing that makes sense of all of this and leads us and others out of confusion and into Jesus Christ. And I just want to finish by saying that it's the Holy Spirit of God who empowers us to do this. Um, We are not alone. And I know that there are a lot of ways that we can disqualify ourselves because we think, I don't know scripture enough, um, 
you know, I've said this, I don't really have a powerful testimony. Why is anyone going to hear from me? Um, There's a lot of different ways, but Peter was not perfect. Read scripture. Peter was not perfect, but the Holy Spirit empowered him, and almost 3,000 people that day came to know the Lord as their Savior. So believe that you are empowered by the Holy Spirit, that he gives you the words and the ability to proclaim the gospel, and then let's be people who proclaim the gospel. That's what it's all about. Glory be to God. One of my favorite things about this passage is the trajectory that it goes um, through. So it begins right with this really weird, mysterious thing of like tongues of fire and a rushing wind. And, um, and, and, this, it, and I thought, Pat, you said it beautifully, this idea of, of unity, but not uniformity. And, and then the Spirit, it does um, empower uh, Peter to be able to proclaim the truth about Jesus. And we have like this miraculous thing of 3,000 people being, being saved. And then it ends in Acts chapter 2 with this really, what feels like unremarkable thing. This, this life together in the church of people being with one another. So the, the, the Holy Spirit both establishes unity, it empowers proclamation, but it also enables our life together. So here's how Acts 2 ends, starting in verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So it goes from this miraculous call to unity to Peter proclaiming the gospel and people being saved to this focus on how the church, this new people of God empowered by the Spirit, are to live it out with one another. Together we've been reading um, the book Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he's provided me with fresh language for how to think about fellowship, how to think about community, and what it means to be, to be of service to one another. And he uses these three things, that we together as a community and our acts of service to one another are listening to one another, active helpfulness, and bearing one another's burdens. That a community formed around the person of Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is to live out with one another these listening, being helpful, and bearing one another's burdens. That these are the works of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you think about that, it is so ordinary. But it's almost as if the Spirit of God, because of the power of God, It reframes the ordinary and makes it something extraordinary, something remarkable, something miraculous. I mean, I was so undone during the moment when we were hearing the the, the different languages, right? And, And the Word of God proclaimed through these different languages. As if to suggest that you have this, you have this passage, but then you have somebody speaking this passage in a different language, which 
becomes remarkable in the context of what the Spirit has made possible. That the Spirit has made possible this reality that all of a sudden these languages take on a new, a new form, new significance. And that's the truth and the reality of our life together. That when we, through the power of the Spirit, are listening to one another, it's not just listening, but it's a very act of God. We become the ability, or we become the embodiment of God's listening to each other. When we're being, as Bonhoeffer says, actively helpful, it isn't just our doing things to help one another, but again, it becomes the very work of the Spirit, the act of God. When we're bearing one another's burdens, when you're sitting with a friend who is hurting, when you bring a meal to somebody in need, when you are giving of your time in any way to bear somebody's burden. That is the work of the Spirit. So our life together, enabled by the power of the Spirit, takes on something remarkably significant and amazing. And as the text goes in Acts 2 at the end, it says that people were being added to their number day by day. It's because as we together represent and embody the very love of God in our relationships, then of course the watching world will wonder what in the world is going on for which the Holy Spirit and his work and power is the only answer of how this is at all possible. So we are involved in nothing less than the work of the Spirit in the world. And we, in our love together, as we listen to one another as we are helpful with one another and as we bear one another's burdens, we are showing the world the very love of God. And that is the good news of Pentecost. And that is what the Spirit is empowering us to be and to do.